politics. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you all. Controversy. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Wow. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Spirituality. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Welcome to Allocution. Uncompromising talk from a libertarian, conservative, Christian perspective that pulls no punches and plays no favorites. With your host, David G. Hello, ladies and gentlemen out there. Welcome to episode two of my brand new uh, talk show slash podcast entitled Allocution. And uh, today's episode is entitled The Mouse is a Rat. There's definitely something rotten at Disney. And we will be examining the very controversial Florida Parental Protection Rights Act Bill, House HB 1557, signed into law by the fabulous Governor Ron DeSantis. This bill has really shaken up people on both sides of the political aisle. On the left, they call it the don't say gay bill, which is very ironic because when you actually read the bill and I have a copy of it right here in front of me, it never mentions specifically homosexuality or even the word gay does mention sexual orientation and on the other side of the aisle the conservatives are calling it the um, anti-grooming bill and as I said before the one thing, even though I have values that fall, um, the majority of my values would fall more on the political right and uh, under uh, the auspices of the term conservative or conservatism. But I don't really I don't want to I'm not going to get into name calling with this bill and I'm not going to call it the anti grooming bill because I do not want to stereotype everyone that may be against this bill because they don't really understand the provisions of it and what it's meant to do and the whole spirit of it. So I don't want to demonize everyone that is against it as a groomer and God's sakes. No, I don't want to say that everyone that. Uh, opposes this bill is some sort of a uh, pedophile that wants to groom children and get them ready for sexual behavior by giving them explicit sexual education before time. So I don't want to do that. 
And I definitely don't want to call it the don't say gay bill because this bill goes. It's not just about, you know, speaking to kids about homosexuality. It's about speaking to kids about sexual um, education and giving um, the rights, the um, the ability, parents, the rights and abilities to control any kind of health procedures that um, their children may go undergo at school because unfortunately believe it or not schools have been vaccinating children and testing children and giving children all kinds of health advice and procedures uh behind parents backs which is definitely uh a no-no according to my opinion and to my values so this goes so much deeper than just the silly name calling that you know the left and the right are always you know engaged within goes a lot uh deeper than that but we uh but in order to uh let you decide that for yourself as a listener i'm just going to go right ahead and uh, read part of the bill to you so you can make up your own mind i uh, have to uh, warn you that um this bill is only about 7 pages long and the legal ease is not really um too bad uh uh, with this and uh, thank God that I uh, went to a college preparatory high school and they made us take four years of Latin. And when you take Latin, you really uh, get to um, to recognize legal terms and you can understand them because most of those originate uh, from Latin and Greek. So that whenever I read stuff like this, I say, now I really do appreciate my Latin classes, but let's have at it. House Bill 1557, an act relating to parental rights and education, amending S1001.42FS, requiring district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying a student's parents of specified information, requiring such procedures to reinforce the fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and the control of their children in a specific manner. Sounds good to me so far. Let's go on. Prohibiting the procedures from prohibiting a parent from accessing certain records, providing construction, prohibiting a school district from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about specific information or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information. And that gets a little bit confusing, but we're going to go on. Prohibiting a school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification, involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical well-being. Uh, still sounding pretty good to me so far. Providing construction. Prohibiting classroom discussion. Now oh, here comes the here comes the red letter discussion. Get ready. <clears throat> Pro providing construction, prohibiting classroom discussion about sexual orientation, 
gender identity in certain grade levels or in a specific manner requiring requiring certain training developed or provided by a school district to adhere to standards established by the Department of Education requiring school districts to notify parents of health care services, provide parents of the opportunity to consent or decline such services. Hello, vaccinations. Look out. Providing a specific parental consent does not waive certain parental rights. So the parents have the right to say, no, you're not going to jab my kid. Requiring school districts to provide parents with certain questionnaires or health screening forms and obtain parental permission before administering such questionnaires and forms. Requiring school districts to adopt certain procedures for for resolving specified parental concerns. Requiring resolution within a specific time frame. Requiring commissioner of education to appoint a special magistrate for unresolved concerns. Providing requirements for the special magistrate requiring the school board of education to approve or reject the special magistrate's recommendations within a specified time frame. Requiring school districts to bear the cost of edge of the special education magistrate special magistrate requiring the state board of education to adopt rules providing requirements for such rules authorizing a parent to bring an action against the school district to obtain a declaratory judgment that the school's district procedure or practice violating violates certain provisions of law so this gives the parents the legal right to go after schools providing for an additional award of injunctive relief, damages, and reasonable attorney fees, court costs to certain parents requiring school districts to adopt policies to notify parents of certain rights, providing construction, requiring the department to review and update as necessary specific materials by certain date, providing an effective date. So this is really getting into um, basically, you're not discussing uh, sexual orientation and such things with your with with children or giving any sorts of um, medication or health procedures to a child without parental consent. And I think it's good. And to break it down even further, um, it basically, as it says, um on the governor's website, it puts the power back in the hands of the parents. This bill prohibits classroom instruction about sexual orientation or gender identity in grades K through three. So from kindergarten to third grade classrooms and after third grade, these conversations need to be age appropriate. Now, I I just got to tell you, I am, like I said, a libertarian conservative. Um, I've been on the liberal side of the fence. I come out of the gay, um, the gay uh, population, the gay subculture. I understand how both sides think on this issue, but I do not understand what is wrong with anyone who has a problem with delaying conversations um, about sexuality sexual orientation, gender or gender identity um, between um, 
K and kindergarten and third grade. What is so wrong with waiting um, to third grade? Because you got to think you're six years old in first grade, you're seven years old in third grade, I'm second grade, and you're eight years old in third grade. Why is that too long to wait to start having these complex conversations? I don't get it. And I'm going to uh, shock any liberals out there that may be um, listening, because here's my problem with talking about this from either a conservative or liberal point of view and not being the journalist that I am to try and to stay in the minute and be in the middle and be objective. Because here's the thing. I understand how people on the left feel because they believe that first of all that a person is born gay that homosexuality is inborn and it becomes pronounced uh earlier in the child's identity and let me tell you something here right here and now i am a person far into middle age but i can remember the exact day my age and everything when i began to realize that I had same sex attractions. I remember the exact same day. I still see it today like it was yesterday. We were sitting in the cafeteria. Um, we, um, I don't remember what the whole lunch was, but a part of the lunch was a half of an orange they gave us, you know, and there was a boy sitting at the table with me. He was about as old as my brothers who were five years older than me. And at the time I was in third grade. So I was eight years old and, um, he was able to pull all his orange out of, you know, because the oranges weren't that they weren't peeled. They were half cut in half with the peel store on. He was able to pull all of his orange out and eat the complete orange and clean the peel without even touching the peel or using a knife or anything. Now, I do that all the time using a knife now when I make orange juice, but he could do it with just his mouth and his teeth. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And he was showing it everybody like it was a really neat trick. And then I just realized that I thought that he was the most handsome boy that I'd ever seen. He had beautiful skin. He was a black boy because we went to basically an all black school, but he had beautiful light skin. He had like the big afro that blew in the wind like my my older brother Robert had that I was always jealous of because back in those days, afros were really in vogue, but my hair grew into itself and curled up. So mine wouldn't grow up like that. So I envied that he had beautiful eyes and he just was gorgeous. And I realized at that moment that I was having inappropriate, you can say, feelings for him. And it was very scary, but it was very exhilarating, you know, all at once. And I was like, but wait a second, girls are supposed to like boys, but I like this boy. So I completely understand that. And I did feel alone and isolated, like I couldn't tell anybody and all that kind of thing. But this bill, as it goes It's saying wait at least until third grade, at least until somebody is like eight years old to even broach the topic. But then it said that these conversations need to be age appropriate. Now, the bill goes on to say that the bill ensures that at the beginning of every school year, parents will be notified about health care services offered at the school with the right to decline any service offered. That's wonderful, too, because I've heard so many stories about children being um, coaxed into being vaccinated and saying, don't tell your parents later. This that is completely unacceptable, especially considering the fact of all the um, 
all the terrible side effects, especially in younger people that are being reported by the VAERS, the uh, vaccine adverse, you know, reaction reporting system. There are thousands of younger people um, getting myocarditis and pericarditis. And from what I understand, the VAERS system is only basically reporting 1% of what's really going on out there, according to a Harvard study. So parents have every right under the sun to know what health care services are being offered to their children and they need to be given the right to opt out if they so choose. And this bill ensures that whenever a questionnaire or health screening is given to K through three students, parents receive it first and they provide permission to the school board to administer the questionnaire or the screening to their child. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, back to the whole issue of, you know, don't say gay. I understand completely where any liberal parent out there, if you believe that, you know, homosexuality is good and your child should be who they are and everything. But my question to you is, when do you think it's appropriate? And have you spoken to any so-called experts on, you know, on the whole thing about what did they think is too much for a child and, and when is too much information and all that kind of thing. This is something that no one is dealing with. And it's just that the whole point to me is that the problem on both sides of this issue it really comes down to the fact that on the left the left is celebrating homosexuality, is celebrating, you know, transgenderism. This is who you are, who you're meant to be. Like you should go see that, like that, that really powerful song uh, from the uh, the movie The Greatest Showman. This is who I'm meant to be. This is me. I make no apologies. They're they're dancing with that, but you have to understand with children. I'm gonna make a really analogy that I always um, always make, and this is something. It's very simple. It's a very simple parable, but you have to think of child development just like when you bake a cake. And have you ever? Do you remember when you were a child and you either helped your mom, you know, make up the batter, or she made it from scratch or whatever, and you put it in the pan and she put it in the oven. And if you were lucky enough to have an oven with the little glass window in the door, you would keep coming back and looking at it and looking at it. And you look at your mom and your mom says, "No, it's not ready yet, dear." And she knows exactly you're gonna say, "Mom, is it ready? Is it ready?" She said, "No, dear, it's not ready yet." And so you go off, you play with your toys, or you watch. TV, you come back a little later and she looks at you, you look at her and she goes, no, honey. And then it's one time you come back and you look at it. It looks brown. The smell is wafting through the kitchen and you you say, it's got to be ready now. Come on, mom, take it out, take it out. And your mom told you because she was smarter than you. When you start baking on your own, you realize she says, no, honey, it just looks like it's ready on the outside. But if I took it out now, it would fall. And then when I cut it open, it would still be the liquid um, mix in there. And as a kid, you didn't get that. But if you ever saw somebody take out a cake before time and and you saw the disaster that happened, then you understood. But 
This is just where the left is now. I'm sorry, just because you believe that, you know, there's nothing wrong with homosexuality, that it's natural, that it is who people are and you want to celebrate your child's identity. That still does not negate the fact that this is a child. The children need to develop mentally, psychologically uh, and spiritually. They need to mature and exposing children to inappropriate information at far too early in ages. Ages can do very damaging things to them. And I am a person that that happened to myself relating my own story. I was unfortunately exposed to some very explicit pornography at the ages of five, six and seven. It's not my parents fault, but it did end up happening. And I can see some damage that that did to me over these years in some very specific areas. And same thing has happened. To some of my uh, friends that has really affected their um their attractions and so many different things. So the bottom line is children's minds and their hearts and their spirits for the Christians out there. They're just like when you bake that cake. It can things can look like it's ready to come out. It's ready to be cut. It's going to be delicious. But no, it is too soon. And I'm not going to sit here like I'm some kind of an expert and say that I know exactly when it should be. No, I do not. I think that um, objective professionals and I put a heavy emphasis on the word objective, objective professionals, they need to sit down people that don't have a, you know, a dog in either the liberal or the conservative fight that are not trying to push an, a push an agenda either way. To say, no, this is what we know so far about child development and this is what we postulate and this is the kind of you know information that you can give people age appropriate as time goes on, you know, without harming them. And I think both the left and the right needs to come off their moral high horses and do what's best for the children, but they both need to realize that there's some toxicity on both sides of the equation. Because on the left, everything is like, oh, support, uh, you know, support your children, be who they are, you know, let them be who they are and support their identity, celebrate their identity. I mean, there is um, there's a website on YouTube that when I go back and I uh, I'm going to add some you know effects to this broadcast, I may show you um, some sound clips from I think it's called Amaze where they're talking about masturbating with kids who have not even reached puberty yet. Saying that it's okay for five, six, seven, eight years old people to start touching themselves for pleasure and they haven't even reached puberty yet. I mean, this is ridiculous, people. There is, uh, you know, the left is just obsessed with anything goes. But then on the right, as someone who's grown up a really strict Pentecostal Judeo Christian, it's like, you know, don't talk about sex. Don't think about sex. Lock it up in a cabinet in the corner until it's time for you to get married. Then you take it out and everything's okay. No. No, I remember I was watching um, Drew Hernandez a little while ago, uh, a few days ago when he was out at the protest. They were protesting, you know, the anti-grooming bill with Disney. And, you know, some people say, well, you know what? The bill doesn't say don't say gay, but I say don't say gay. I don't want my kid even knowing that such a thing like that exists. 
And it's that kind of thing of where people naively think that they can keep children um, in the dark and quote unquote innocent away from certain material. And, you know, and I got to tell you this, I'm going to come flat out and tell you, I don't care if conservatives love me, hate me. That is a bunch of BS, because let me tell you something again from my own experience. And I'm going to date myself now. When I was in primary school, this was in 1970s. And I went to a Catholic school because my parents, though my parents, we were uh, hardcore Pentecostal Christians, you know, holy rollers, that kind of thing. Uh, Gifts of the spirit, speaking in tongues and all that. Uh, My parents did not want us going to public school because they had taken prayer out of schools. And there was a wonderful Catholic school in our neighborhood called St. Mark's. Uh, This is in Cincinnati, Ohio. And just to give you some background on school, schools there for at least like 100 years. I think it's finally been torn down a little while ago. But some famous people went there. Uh, You older folk, boomers and uh, deep into the boomer generation. Do you remember Doris Day, the famous actress? She went to St. Mark's. And several other people did, too. But she's the number one that I kept hearing about all through the time that I was there. So you would think that that would be in this. You know, we had the convent house right there on campus where the nuns live. And then there was a house for the priests where the priests live. We had to go to religion class every day. I believe we had to go to mass, I believe, at least once a week or something like that. Even though I wasn't a Catholic, we, you still had to go to mass to go to that school. So we went. Um, we had religious instruction and all that kind of thing. But guess what? Uh, all of the kids in my first, second and third grade class we all knew about the movie Deep Throat. And unless you've been living under rock, Deep Throat was one of the break, the early breakthrough porn films starring Linda Lovelace that actually um, put porn on the map in the porn theaters. And it sparked a controversy around the country, if not the world, because it dealt with the subject of oral sex. And in the 1970s, in polite conversation, you did not speak of oral sex. It's something that you just did not do. People didn't do it. You didn't do it. And that's just not the way that it went. You didn't do that at all, but it was uh, rampant knowledge in the world. It was in all the papers. It was on television and you could not keep people away from it. So we all knew about it. We all knew what Deep Throat actually was about. We all knew everything about it. Even though if, if, if a copy of that, there was no videotape back then. But if it had been, my mom would have took it out and burned it. But guess what? Because it was in the news. It was in the world. We all knew about it. So and this is long before the Internet. So I just hate to tell people I understand why you want to, you know, protect children's innocence and all that kind of thing. But I'm just saying that if the world that I grew up and lived in uh, as a child in the 1970s, if we got that kind of information and we were in first and second grade curious about that kind of stuff, how in the world do you think that if you are raising a child in the new millennium, Uh, When there's social media everywhere, there's the Internet everywhere, there's explicit content practically everywhere now. Do you honestly think that you're going to keep your child safe from any inappropriate knowledge? 
you know, and I'm and I'm not saying that I fault you for trying. God bless you for you trying. I pray for you every day to keep certain information, you know, away from a child. I pray that your child never sees pornography or any kind of really explicit nudity or explicit sexual acts or images anywhere long before they're hit 12 or puberty or maybe not until they're adult or not ever. You know, I pray that for you. But all I'm just saying is that the odds against them not seeing something, hearing something anywhere, the odds against that are so, so far against you. But what's the answer for conservatives? The answer for conservatives is that you must, as the Bible says, train a child, child the way train a child up the way he should go and he shall not depart from it. Now, I have some issues with the second part of that, but that's another topic for another day we'll talk about. But the whole point about it is, is that this is a battle for the soul and for the minds of your children. And you cannot sit by on the backside and thinking, well, I got my kids in a Catholic school or a Christian school. I keep this away from my kids. My kids are going to be fine, blah, blah. No, it may not. Because sooner or later, they're going to see something, hear something. And do not think just because you're in a uh, religious school that things aren't going to happen. Because I could tell you uh, some friends of mine now that are practicing gay people that went to Bible college, that went to you know Christian schools, that went to the Boy Scouts. And they were fo- by the time they hit like puberty, they were fooling around with their classmates and their scoutmates and all this stuff going on. Things that would make you as a parent, you would run screaming, say, how could that happen at a religious institution? I'll tell you a terrible story because I don't, you know, I'm not mincing words here. Back when I was in my teens, uh, I I used to get people to buy some dirty magazines for me. And it was one dirty magazine. It was called First Hand. And what it was was people would actually write in their sexual experiences to the magazine for everybody else to get off on. And here I was about 17, 16, 16, 17 years old reading that. And I'll never forget one of the hottest stories I read was about a boy who went to an all boys Catholic school who ended up fooling around with not only the guys on the sports team when his his um his uh, coach, who was also a priest, came in and busted them. He broke it up. But then he stopped fooling around with the boy himself, too. And we're talking about a boy who said an adult who said that all this happened when he was in, you know, junior high at a Christian school. (laughs) And that's like, oh, my God, how could such a thing happen? But all I'm just saying is and, and again, this is years and years ago. I shudder to think about the things that go on now. So as a conservative parent, as a Christian parent, you have got to begin, I believe, as early as you can in an age appropriate way, indoctrinating your children with your values about sexuality, your values about gender identity and God's purpose for gender and sex and all those things. You must do it. You cannot wait until maybe you think it's an appropriate time. You have to because unfortunately you have to hedge your bets against the world and what's going on because they are coming for, you know, the children and those on the left. They want to indoctrinate children because they want people to grow up to be on their side. Now, this is definitely something that I wanted to say during this podcast where I think it's something that's really breaking my heart. I think it's not everyone is polarizing this issue. Either you are either don't say gay 
or your groomer, if you're on the left, if you're on the right, they're calling everybody that's against this bill, groomer, that you want to molest children. And I do not think that that's the way it goes. I think what is happening here is that, yes, there are some far left fringe people who want to molest children and try to brainwash them into being gay, if that's possible or whatever. That is true. There's that. But I think for the most part, it's people who come from a situation like I did where they say, well, wait a second. I remembered I felt that I was gay when I was like eight, nine or 10 years old. And I felt alone. I hated myself. Other people hated me. So no, I want kids to be able to express that, to be able to discuss it openly with their teachers and whatever, and to be affirmed because I don't want their kid to hate themselves and kill themselves. And it's just like, like I said, when I was listening to Drew Hernandez, when he was talking to people outside the Disney protests, outside the Disney headquarters, I forget what city in Florida, but he taught, he ran into this woman and he thought she he she was on his side but she was not she says no i do not support this bill because i work um in suicide prevention for young people and she says i think if children are not allowed to quote unquote say gay or discuss the issue with their teachers or whatever then they will hate themselves and they will go to kill they will go end up killing themselves so i think a lot of people on the left are well-meaning but then they think that if kids if this whole situation is demonized. The kid will hate themselves. They'll end up killing themselves and whatever. And believe me, I can understand that point of view because I remember when I was in like seventh and eighth grade uh, when the hormones were really hitting and I had no one that I could talk to. And I know that's different than than seven and then eight years old. But at eight years old, I knew then, too, you know, and I've always been a strong person that was never even remotely consider suicide, but I can definitely understand the time when I grew up where you, this was, you know, uh, you didn't have gay characters on TV everywhere. You didn't have all this gay activism where anybody could feel alone and, you know, kill themselves. I definitely understand that. And I think most people on the left, what they want to molest more than anything is not a child's body. They want that mind because they want, first of all, they want, if someone feels you know gay urges or feelings at a young age or if they feel the you know the 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 compunction to cross dress and whatever and those kind of things and because i've come out of the gay scene myself i know lots of people who live now as drag queens or some people think they're transgender or whatever and they all say that you know these feelings came to them at a very young age in life and they're deceived to believe that they were born that way no i believe that that's where the trauma happened either they were molested or there's all kinds of emotional traumas that they suffered as a child and this is what led to these you know compunctions and desires but you know that's neither um here or there they believe because children do recognize this at a young age that they need to be talked about it as a young age and i can really understand that but they're still coming from the filter that this is all a good thing but those of us are conservative we're coming from the from the filter that know that this is all that the gender identity issues are gender confusion and that the homosexual desires are perverted desires and that's where and that is where the the line is drawn between the two of us. So but the whole thing about this that I'm just trying to get to is there is a deep instead of the left and the right fighting each other with, you know, you're grooming children to be to be molested and whatever, or you hate children or you hate homosexuals, you're all homophobic on the right. This opens 
the question up, the deeper question for those on the right is how are you going to take care of your kids um, sexual education? You know, and how are you going to be the gatekeepers of the information they get? And what's more than anything, teaching them the values, because the problem about it is, is that on the left, when they do all this radical sexual education, what they do is they teach you everything about it, but how to stop and say no. And like I say, it's like they give you a kid the keys to a Maserati, but they don't tell him where the brake is. He's going to drive off a cliff and kill himself. And that's crazy. And on the right you have to realize that, again, this world is soaked in this kind of stuff. Now, homosexuality is not going back in the closet. Things are going to get even far out of hand. And I, uh, you know, I applaud any parent for saying, no, we're not going to have this in my house. We're not going to have this kind of television, whatever. All of that is great. And that's wonderful. That's what my parents, my mom especially tried to do. Monitor what you watched on television. You should monitor what your kids say on the internet. Maybe you shouldn't give a kid a cell phone until they're at least maybe 16, 17, 15 years old. Depends on whatever. Uh, learn about their devices and all that. I am 100% for all of that. But all I'm just saying is that this is so much a part of our culture now that that you're not going to be able to ignore it. And you're going to have to make some decisions about what you want your kids to know and then how you're going to approach it to them. And more than anything else, for conservatives and for Christians to drive home a biblical perspective on the issue. And that is so missing from Christian um, uh, discourse. Because you don't ever see faith-based film today about, you know, a parent that, you know, about a Christian family where a son or daughter comes out. You never see that. You don't see Christian families where a little boy goes to his mom or dad one day and goes, I feel like I'm a girl. What do you do? And these are the issues that uh, that believers try to they try to sweep under the rug and pretend that they're not there. But you can't do it. It's everywhere. I, there's never been a church that I've went to yet where they haven't been some closet homosexuals. Not a single one, be it Catholic, uh, Protestant, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever. There's homosexuals there. There's people who struggle with it. They may not all be practicing, but they're right there. And I'm sure there's people with gender identity issues as well. These are the issues that need to be addressed with the church. This is what Jesus died to do, not to put us into a little enclave where we just go back to the 1950s and ignore that these issues exist. They exist now and more than any time ever, the left has their game. They've been, they have got, had their game, their plan for the last 50 years since the Stonewall riots, you know, in 1969, they had, there's a book called After the Ball that you need to look up online. Hopefully you can find a cheap copy of it because now some people are trying to charge a hundred bucks for it, but it basically describes how the gay activists got together and how they were going to assimilate this society to um, accept homosexuality. And they talked about how they were going to put do, you know, put sympathetic characters on television and through comedies like Will and Grace and that kind of thing. And every single thing that they set out to do by now, they have done it. Now, gay marriage is legal in all all 50 states of this nation. Now, you can't turn on television, be it network TV, streaming, streaming services without seeing sympathetic a positive gay role models. Uh, you're starting to see even more explicit gay uh, sex scenes on soap operas and on primetime television. I saw one a few years back on that show. I think it was um, 
it was one of those follow-up shows that uh what's her name who created how to get away with murder Shonda rhymes did and it was a show about um rescuers and firemen whatever and i happened to flick it on one day and i saw this wild <coughs> really really sort of explicit scene between two guys they were ripping each other clothes off and throwing each other all over the place and whatever and it was shot so fast that you really didn't see any real thing but there was so much skin and it was so passionate and it was so raw i was like oh my god where's tv gone <laughs> i said die that was like porn even though you didn't really see anything that explicit and don't get me started on shonda rhymes either oh my god on how to get away with murder the gay guy on that show he had more sex than anybody on the show you know, he had sex in the bathroom of like the Capitol building or the White House or something. And he was being bent over in a stall and all this stuff. And then he called his friend on the phone where he's sitting there half naked and said he did things to my butt that made, brought a tear to my eye. And, I, and, you know, I'm not trying to be purient, but I'm just saying that television is out there. This issue is just so saturated that the odds of you keeping your kid away from it totally the odds are so against you. So you're going to have to put on your armor with teaching your child the biblical um, spiritual perspective on things like homosexuality, sexuality in general, and, you know, gender identity issues. And I, I cannot I just cannot say that enough. You're going to have to um, be ready. And this is a battle of indoctrination. It's a battle of the mind. And you're going to have to be aware that kids are going to be exposed to stuff that you don't want them to be exposed to. And kids, even at very younger ages that are very inappropriate, they may come to you one day and ask you, what's this and what's that? And you trying to sweep it under the rug. I don't believe that that is really going to work. You're going to have to give age appropriate information as, you know, the younger they are to approach it gen gingerly and gently. But you're going to have to try to reinforce what the Bible says and what Christ says about these issues to get your children when they're young enough to be indoctrinated that way, because that's exactly what the left is trying to do. They want to get your children. They want to expose your children to things like uh homosexuality and you know and gender ideas gender identity issues and things topics like gender fluidity because they want the kids to be their allies they think that you are full of hatred because you don't support these things but they don't want the kids to be that way and again as someone who's been who's grown up with that situation i understand their point of view too because back in the 70s of course me, for the most part, I kind of flew under the radar. I know every I wasn't a traditional boy with sports and everything, but you know what? I had a pretty bad temper. If any mess with me, I'd beat the hell out of them. So, but I saw, you know, effeminate kids getting chased, beat up, called all kinds of names, and everybody knew that that kid was going to grow up to go down a homosexual path. You knew it. I mean, and I'm talking about third, fourth, fifth grade. You knew those kind of things. So I understand the left and they don't want kids to grow up hating uh, a kid because he happens to be homosexual. They don't want it that they want that kid to be accepted and loved. And there's nothing wrong with that. But indoctrinating him into the practice of sexual perversion, there is something wrong with that. And there's a way that a kid can be accepted as a human being, but still say, no, this is not the way that you were born to be. But I love you no matter what. And that's how parents, if they if you end up, God forbid, with a child who have these these, you know, proclivities or uh, gender confusion or anything along those lines, 
you have to let that child know that you love them, but that God and nature has a better plan for them. But you can't just sweep the issue, you know, under, you know, the rug. You can't do that. Uh, you can't do it at all. So that, I think that's the number one thing that I want to say that um, for, you know, conservatives in um, that light and for Christians in that light. That's the number one message that I want to give to you today. And I want to give to left and say, yes, I understand that, you know, you want children to grow up happy and you want them to accept themselves and whatever. But introducing kids to a lot of these these issues and these complex you know situations is not good for the young brains and then if kid and i understand that if a kid did have an issue and they say well i do feel like i'm a girl or i feel like i'm attracted to boys or whatever i understand that too but the school is not the place to be indoctrinating kids for that. yeah because like it or not for those of you on the left homosexuality any sexuality has got to come with some moral precaps here and it is not your place in the school system to give moral precepts and moral values as it relates to such personal things to a child. That is the parent's job and their purview, not yours. Now, I understand today that um, parents are not doing what they should. They're not giving children information. Uh, they're sweeping all this stuff under the rug, but hoping it goes away if they're conservative or they're just they're just lax at it, you know, and that's not a good thing either. But that still doesn't make it right for a parent uh, to believe they have the moral high ground to indoctrinate children. You know, their parents that are allowing boys to wear dresses if they are feminine in their class and hiding that from their parents and uh, calling them, you know, uh, opposite sex pronouns, uh, affirming them as homosexual when the kid hasn't even come out to his parents yet. That is not the place of a school. And I just want to make it 100% known to everybody listening to this podcast. I do not support that. But I'm just trying to get people to see the issue from both sides and to come together for children, because I think there's people on the left, they want they want the best for children and there's people on the right, too. Now, there are radical um, activists on the left that don't give a damn about children. They want to promote um, they want a voting block, so to speak, of kids and they want to indoctrinate kids to follow their radical leftist ideas. And they're evil. And I'm not going to mince words on who they are, but there's, there's so many people that are caught on the middle of this issue. And I want to say those of you, let's say those of you who are gay, like Brandon Strzok and some other people that believe there's nothing wrong with your kid growing up to be gay, but you still shouldn't be talking to him about explicit sexual education and matters when he's not even eight years old yet, then you need to join with the conservatives because that's something we can agree on. And then once we agree, then we can attack corporate America when they get too woke. Well. We can attack, you know, the school boards and then we can turn this tide around. But we have got to work together to some degree to turn this tide around because the left is very, very powerful and they've already taken over the public school system and it is radical and you know what? It is just terrible. And the other thing that I really wanted to say on this issue is that for conservatives, when they talk about this and whatever, everything is demonizing the other side. And a lot of times uh, 
people, just like when you talk about the issues of homosexuality and gender confusion, uh, we forget the people that are struggling with these issues that are trying to find answers. And sometimes they may end up listening to a conservative podcast. They might listen to a sermon or whatever, but then they might hear the person call them terrible names. They're like, well, that's just another person that's full of hate on that side. And we need to do what I'm going to sh- give a shout out to a guy I used to listen to and listen, listen, don't listen to him that much more. But he's Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, he runs the fire school of ministry. He probably has thousands, if not millions of followers. He has a radio show, show, a radio show every day called the line of fire. He has a YouTube channel. And, you know, one thing I got to give to this guy, he says he believes that God called him to reach out to the gay community. And he says, okay, God, I don't know much about gay people. Can you tell me, can you, uh, break my heart for their, what they go through. And so I can understand who they are before I even attempt this. And he had lots of friends that he was a rock band, a rock band when he was like, what, like 18 something years old. And he was a heroin addict. God set him free from heroin. So he grew up in a very liberal background. So he didn't have a lot against gay people and whatever, but he has a saying and he calls it reach out and resist. And I think it's just perfect because it means reach out to the people that are struggling with these issues with love and compassion, but resist the radical activism. And for every conservative, that is what you must do. And for those of you who are like me, who are going into the podcast field and sooner later your voice gets out there, you got to learn to separate people from the issue. It's very easy, easy, easy to look at somebody and say, well, that person's a degenerate or that person's a pervert or that person's this or that and other thing or, or the, you know, the practice of what they do is perverted or whatever. But when you go calling people specifically degenerates and perverts and that kind of thing, you you break people's spirits and they're not going to want to listen to you. And and for, for believers and Christians, they're not going to listen to your um, spiel as far as it relates to the Bible. And we need to be telling people the Bible that Jesus came to not only forgive you, but to set you free, to make you whole in your gender, whole in your sexuality and all of that. But nobody's going to listen to you if they think that you hate them. Jesus said, by, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples, the love you show one to another. And that doesn't mean you don't tell the truth. You do tell the truth and uncompromising truth. But just realize that when you're speaking, there's somebody on the other side that's listening to you that may do not even know why they're listening to you. They may hate your point of view, but deep inside in their guts, they're crying out. They're confused. They don't know what makes them this way or that way. And don't think that all gay people now, because it's out of the closet and they have all the rights, everybody's gay and happy. Uh Uh-uh. There's plenty of people that are still struggling, that don't really know if this is right or wrong, that uh, don't really accept themselves, that are in that valley of decision. And I've known so many people with gender identity issues that are caught in between gender and they are going to hell. But their pride and all the people around them won't allow them to say that. And they because they think they're giving in to the other side, which is hateful. You And all of us have to take time out to show compassion to the people that struggle with these issues and to try to understand the other side without abdicate advocating for it. So that's something that definitely needs to be said. And um, I hope that I've covered everything that I want to say here and I hope I've been 
you know, good at saying it and expressing what I believe because I believe these are very important issues. And again, I want to separate myself from just the left versus right, um, the left versus right argument. Like my boy Jason Burmis on YouTube and Rockfin says, it's not about left and right. It's about right and wrong. I think that's a wonderful saying. And that's what I'm trying to do here with this podcast. And I'm just trying to wake people up, discuss the issues and get people to understand, hopefully come to some kind of agreement, because what's at stake here is the future of children. And I think that matters to everyone, or at least it should. So thank you for putting up with this rant. Thank you for watching this episode of Allocution. Well, listening to more like I'm used to being on camera. But thank you to listening to this episode of Allocution. God bless and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you for listening.